0: Hey, everybody. This is uh, Charlie Crable. Welcome to another edition of Charlie's Angle. Like I said, this is Charlie Crable. With me, as always, is my host, co-producer, and show sponsor, Jeff Pitcher. Hello. So, Jeff is actually, hello, goodbye, and going on a little coffee run here, but... We have got a real special guest with us. And before I introduce her to you, just want to take care of a little bit of a housekeeping business. Uh, Charlie's angle, 1776 at gmail.com is our email address. And we would just love to hear from you. If you've got questions, comments, concerns, feedback, criticisms, whatever, you know, we'd love to just hear from you. And uh, if you're, you know, things that you want us to talk about, you know, we'd be glad to do that. So again, that's Charlie's angle, 1776 at gmail.com. You can also uh, make sure that you like our Facebook page. It's just at Charlie's Angle 1776 on Facebook. Yes. Yes, that's it. that's the right one. Um, so you like our page. We post links every week to our show. Um, we have announcements, updates, stuff like that. Uh, you can also contact us and message us through there. So anyways, uh, like I said earlier, today we have a very special guest on our show, uh, Abby Ballard, who is a... Um, Local businesswoman. She also runs a uh, ministry in Gloversville called Lifesavers. That's here in uh, Upstate New York, where the uh, it helps you know a lot of like young mothers and other women in, in Gloversville. And um, you know she's she's taken a real real active role. Um, as of late and what's happening in state state government, um, because of her positions, she often sees a lot of the impact of these things that come on, you, you know, straight away and actually sees like the direct impact. And so she's actually has decided to get in more involved and has, you know, launched a campaign to raise awareness for, you know, about like the things that our governor is doing in the state, Andrew Cuomo. So anyways, I am going to... Um, kick it off to Abby right here and uh, just tell us a little bit about some of these new ventures that you've been doing to help raise awareness about what's happening in Albany.
1: Certainly and thank you for the opportunity to be here with you today. I have been an area resident my whole life. I've spent all four plus decades here in upstate New York and I love this state and the people of it tremendously. I have stood in horror in really recent months watching the state of affairs in our state government. And I'm at a point where, like many other people, especially in my age bracket, I think we probably spend a lot of time looking at real estate in other states that are a little more conducive to operating small businesses, to raising families, to life uh, being able to be lived in a way that, that makes sense to us and that really promotes the greater good. And I am at a point where I don't see anyone really strongly advocating for the people of this state. Uh, I've become extremely uncomfortable in my own skin because my conscience won't allow me to just sit by any longer and kind of take a passive role and shaking my head. Wow, what a shame that we're seeing such horrible legislation come into being uh, at the hands of Andrew Cuomo. I think that there's a lot of misinformation and lack of information in the public arena as to what has happened in the past nine months. Now, 2020 will go down in history as being an unprecedented year on so many levels. For so many of us, we have seen shutdowns in areas of life and in uh, you know societal structures that would no one could have ever believed it would have happened, but mm-hmm. it did. And and that being said, and that kind of just being compartmentalized for a second, sure. I want to I bring attention to what I think are some of the most outrageous attacks on the safety of our citizens, on the safety of our children and women especially, uh, because of legislation that Andrew Cuomo has ushered in. So that's really my reason for taking a more active role. I can't look at my children and have any kind of dignity as a parent knowing I'm just watching these changes happen and I'm not getting involved. So that's what has prompted me to take a little bit more of a public step forward and say, this needs to stop. Because I I know that behind me, I truly believe are millions of New Yorkers who feel the same way. They just don't know truly where to begin pushing back against these really rogue, reckless and evil policies. Well, and I mean,
0: it it, it seems to me that like we could look to our state representatives for that. But unfortunately, now I understand how Albany politics works. We're represented by people who are in the minority party in our area here. Well, not you so much. You've got a Democrat assemblyman. Correct. and an- Angela Santa Barbara. Correct. But, you know, we have a Republican—we share a Republican senator. We have, uh, you know, a Republican assemblyman in our district up here. So I know that sometimes it, they, they almost get a little defeatist, like even if you contact them and they say—you you know, they give you some sort of canned answer. It's like they don't really want to fight against it, and it, it it's mind-boggling to me. Um, but what I wanted to start, because one of the things that, you know, I started seeing, you know, from you initially—I mean, we've known each other for a few years now Certainly. and everything like that—is— I wanted to talk about first about the bail reform thing, because that seemed to be one of the things that set you mm-hmm. o- o- over the edge. And <laughs> and I want to preface this by saying this. The reason why I mentioned, you know, your ministry in Gloversville with Lifesavers Ministry is that a lot of the things that happened, I want to give you just sort of like a setup scene of like what Gloversville is. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice town, you know, there are some nice parts of it, but it. If you ever wanted to get a really reflection about what's happened to upstate New York, visit this city. I mean, it's it's not that big. It's only about fifteen thousand people, I believe, give or take. But it's very impoverished. There's a lot of, you know, drug addiction and 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 you know, property crime and things like that. So, you actually see some of these issues right in the forefront in your work through Lifesavers. Can so talk to us a little bit about like some of the impact of some of this bail reform stuff that you. Certainly. The
1: capacity in which I serve at the not-for-profit charitable organization that I serve as director of currently are challenges that are not unique to Fulton County or Gloversville. What we're seeing is really the complete erosion and decay of communities as we know it, largely because of the addiction epidemic, largely because of generational poverty, largely largely because of programs that are government-run that are well-intended but unfortunately need to be completely restructured because they're currently enslaving people, not empowering people. And there's patterns that are seen you know, ad nauseum over and over year after year with the clients that we see come through our doors who we try to help in every way that we can, whether it be by making sure they can diaper their children, have the formula that they need, um, teach them life skills. We really try to empower our communities. And in in, in that effort, I've certainly had a vantage point that perhaps other New Yorkers don't have. You know, we all have a life experience that's unique to us. We all sure. have a, a lens that we look at life through that's very much based on our experience, our truths. Uh, so I would welcome the opportunity to talk a little bit about how my involvement there has lit an even stronger fire in, in my belly <laughs> as sure. to how I, I just cannot sit back and watch what's going on because I watch people being victimized already by programs that are in place that are really dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And uh, in learning about the bail reform, I truly did have a very powerful moment. I was, I was watching the details of the bail reform. This was prior to January 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. This was when it was about to go into effect. And I I just stood there and I, I, the tears, honestly, they just welled up in my eyes because what I saw on this screen was a list of 200 crimes that our governor, Andrew Cuomo, wants to treat with the soft touch of a appearance ticket. And these are crimes that the, the women that we serve, most of them— who are living really, in many ways, dysfunctional lives. A lot of them have had addiction issues, have had a series of just horrible events in their life play out. A lot of them have been victimized by the very people that are listed on this bail reform as being people that should not be remanded in custody but should be turned right back out on the street to re-victimize over and over again. And I cannot stand for it. As a woman, as a human being, I cannot stand for it. And this legislation is just an overt attack on the safety of our children, our women, our families, our communities as a whole. And I become increasingly horrified to realize how many New Yorkers really don't understand it. Maybe I have never even heard of it, or if they have, they certainly don't understand the details that it entails and the the impact that it's having on our communities. Well,
0: one of the things, I mean, we've talked about before one of the, I mean, this is just one example of many of the crimes is here is that I I look through it first and I'm like, okay, domestic violence is not something that you can (laughs) remand somebody to jail for, or you know even like something is like animal abuse or kids or something like this. And I'm just, I'm giving that this is not actually, it sounds extreme, but it's actually not an uncommon thing. You know, from your work in the ministry, I know from 25 years in the local media, I've got a lot of friends in law enforcement that can tell you right now, the way the bail reform is working now is that a guy say he's, most likely going to be drunk or on drugs or, or fiending for drugs or something like that, loses his temper, he could smack his wife or girlfriend and his kids and kick his puppy around the house. He'll get arrested, but he'll be he'll be processed and released on a on a parent's ticket. So if you're talking about a guy who was already unhinged enough to do something like that, what's going to make him think that he's not going to go back and do it again and maybe— even worse, you know, there's a worse outcome this time. So, Absolutely. I mean, can... And
1: that that is one of the major, major concerns of this, especially from a, from a woman's rights perspective and from a victim's advocacy perspective. And there was actually a case in our state um, yesterday, in fact, in which the very thing that you just described played out. A woman barely got away with her life from a domestic violence situation. She was being choked. The, the perp tried to keep her from calling 911. She managed to call 911. The perp was brought into custody, was processed, was given an appearance ticket, and hours later, the same phone number called 911, same location, three in the morning, police responded, and the guy had gone back to finish what he started. Fortunately, she made it out with her life, but exactly what you said Mm -hmm. is exactly what law enforcement and victims advocacy groups told Governor Cuomo back in April of 2019 would happen if he were to sign this into effect. He signed it Anyways, against the wishes, against the the judicial input of people who make law enforcement and victims advocacy their life work, and he did it in a completely callous, reckless, and careless manner. So the women who are voiceless now, who never made it out alive, the women who live in fear because they know if they turn the guy in, there's a very good chance he'll be released, he'll be enraged, and he'll come back and kill them. These are the situations that are really playing out. If you pay attention to what's really going on. It's happening. You're having violent offenders come back and and try to kill the women that they were attempting to kill in the first place. And it completely squashes any possibility of victims having rights. And it it completely suppresses people from turning people into the authorities because they know there's going to be no consequence. And then they're going to be directly targeted because they went to the authorities. It's, It's totally... The land of the upside down it, right now. It I mean, seems it truly is. Like they're criminalizing
0: is. victims here. They're almost. criminalizing
1: victims and they're victimizing they, criminals. They, they, is exactly it, what they're doing. It, it's,
0: it's just absolutely insane. And I know that. Um, and, and you and I had talked about this a little bit late last year. Um, you know, a little bit is that one of the things that really floored me though was that a lot of our state representatives, local law enforcement officials, they were raising the alarms against this bail reform thing, but they were. They didn't start really getting full board until like November, December when it was almost too late. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just like an example to me. It's like you might want to, you know, people really need to watch some of the stuff that's going, you know, going on. Because, I mean, even like in this latest case, and we'll get into that, the other concerns during the COVID, you know, thing is that. I think that a lot of times we get, you know, like state budget time, the big thing that everybody wants to talk about is education aid and everything like this. They don't look at the, you know, the big thing during last year's budget process actually was legal pot. Mm -hmm. And all, a lot of this stuff was really just getting snuck in and it was the same thing that happened this year. So, I mean, I, I think it's a really, you know, good idea, you know, like I, I, and I've, i tried to raise awareness for this. You're doing it too with your efforts It's just, you know, the stuff it seems to me that happens out of Albany winds up having a more direct impact on our daily lives, and even the stuff that comes out of Washington.
2: Oh, it just absolutely, sounds like a, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: It's, it's, it. I mean, a lot chiming of what chiming in with just yes. No, yeah. Yes. yeah you know, jump, <laughs> jump in. But, a um, caffeinated
1: yes, yes. Now that ca- he's had his coffee. Had his coffee
0: yes, <laughs> caffeinated yes here. But I mean, it, and it really doesn't. You've talked about this with the Balfour forum, and then. You Know, I we're gonna it's sort of like morphed then this year. You're getting going, you know, like with your podcast and your your websites and blogs and stuff like this, and then all of a sudden, COVID happens. <laughs> and uh, you know, for people like us who watch this kind of stuff and everything like this, it's almost been a gold mine of things to campaign up against. So, the, you made an announcement, and we'll plug the first website here that you just launched, um, Cuomo watch dot, no,
1: cancel canc- Cuomo,
0: cancel Cuomo com. Um, we'll repeat this more, um, because you'll add these
2: in the show notes and things like that.
0: Ah, yes. So cancelquomo.com is just a new website that Abby has, um, you know, launched, launched just this last weekend. And it's about, you know, you know, targeting like why we need to go after, you know, and start holding the governor accountable for the things that he's doing. So let's talk about like, I mean, you had some staggering facts in your announcement video about like what the governor's done since. He seized all this executive power and is basically a lone ruler in New York State. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, there's a very small percentage of New York population that even knows that Governor Cuomo granted himself basically unbridled power to change laws there's about 300 laws that he changed when the budget was passed on April 1st and again most people are, are completely unaware and I'll be honest with you I have not dove into those 300 laws with the same you know veracity sure. as this bail reform um, because if when I look at the bail reform it, it's like what more do I need to know about this guy really we're talking about someone who takes crimes like creating child pornography um, female genital mutilation, yeah. <laughs> um, basically kidnapping people, holding them against their will. I mean, I, I'm not. I hear myself say this. I hear the words come out of my mouth, and I'm like, I, I, I can't even believe this. But it's right in front of us. It's right there. We're talking about horrifically egregious crimes that our governor is completely completely giving a free pass to. Um, So to speak to the 300 plus laws that he changed back in April, I I would welcome revisiting that because to be honest with you, I don't have my head wrapped completely around all 300 of those as of yet. I know that there's crimes such as, you know, bribery of an official that he's given a free pass to with with those changes. Oh, that shouldn't surprise
2: anybody. No, and,
1: and another thing too is someone can run for office in an area and they don't have to be a resident of that area. So somebody can swoop in and basically take, take ownership of a public official position and it it completely robs the people of their ability to vote for someone who has a heart for their issues. Um, But for anyone, anyone to be able to look at the bail reform and, you know, Andrew Cuomo, you're a father, you're a father for God's sake. Why can't anyone see just how, horrific an attack against women and children this is. And I believe people will see. I think that informing people is step one sure. because this is just beyond comprehension. It's beyond comprehension what he's done.
0: It is. And I mean, you know, and when we're talking about the concerns about the laws that he's been able to change, see, the thing is, is that he is now and and I do blame the legislature. Quite a bit for this, of course. because they ceded their authority to him. Of course. But he's really like now. And I mean, I'll give you the one example is that he, one of the powers that he gave himself was to alter the state budget whenever he sees fit. <laughs> yes. Well, you have. Well, first of all, the legislature is supposed to be controlling the purse strings, not the governor. It belongs to the that's their powers that they've ceded. But um, he just and it was just recently. He just arbitrarily decided to reduce all aid to schools by 20 percent. Like this was after the budget was passed, months after it, and he's able to give himself I, schools are just getting I mean, and full disclosure, you know this, I'm married to a teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're already facing a real uphill battle as some of these schools start try to reopen. Of course. And and you know what, it's there there a lot of the schools I could tell you right now, they are working really, really, really hard. This governor has not really help them along the way because he dragged them last school year by two week increments. So schools never really knew if they were going to close for the rest of the year, but to do, to cut that kind of aid, just arbitrarily, <laughs> I, I, I I just like, I, I don't understand where he gets off doing this because he's actually now hurting children. He's hurting our ability to Imagine. educate these yes. kids. I mean, yes. it's just like you said, he's got kids <laughs> He's got right. a regard for them.
1: And anyone with a conscience, I, I'm not a huge fan of party politics. No. And to me, this is so fu- This is so not a party politic issue. This is a human decency, being human situation where anyone who is a human being cannot look at this and say that anything positive can come out of a bail reform that is this perverted. And what needs to happen in this state is a complete overhaul of our prison system system. Yeah. We have a huge gap between mental health and addiction issues and incarceration, and the hard work to do that needs to be done. And what he did here was he just he just signed a complete mess into law, and it's it's a disaster, and it's playing out. If you look at the downstate community, these people are suffering, and they're, they're trapped. Paid. They're trapped. They've got babies getting shot in playgrounds. They've got women getting raped in public. I mean, really, pay attention to what's going on downstate. It is dis- disgusting what's going on and people are are completely oblivious to the fact that people who should have been remanded in custody Mm -hmm. because they commit a horrible crime are being let loose and they're committing crimes that are equally if not worse. And it, it's got to stop.
0: It, it really does. And I think that you could point to it because, I mean, everybody's looking at, and I, I mean, the numbers are right there. The massive crime oh, increases, especially sickening. in our cities and in New York City. But here's the thing. I noticed that the crime started going up. First of all, the, the, the big COVID lockdown thing that they've yes. done, I could tell you right now has also didn't make these at-risk homes any less risky because now You've taken away abuser's job, so now he's in the house more day. I'm saying he is a man because we do know that the vast majority of these are, are men that it happens to. So now you take away his job, that's not going to improve his mood any bit. And I can tell you, knowing some people who work, you know, for the sheriff's office and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they could tell you anecdotally they're getting more of those calls in and stuff like that. That's it because people Absolutely. are on edge. But then if you look at the crime. Rate in New York that's been just astronomically increasing over the last few months. It coincides with the, like these murderers and rapists and child molesters. You would release these people back into the public, which is what he did under you know under the guise of you know stopping the spread. And you're expecting your community to get any better from it. You're right. Look at downstate. <laughs>
1: It's a complete fraud. Us being told by our governor that he was releasing thousands of inmates from prisons across our state to prevent them from catching COVID-19 is probably one of the most sickening abuses of power and lies to the public that you can even imagine. For starters... Why wouldn't he make special provisions for the inmate population to be treated if they, if they, if they didn't fact contract COVID-19? Instead, mm-hmm. they just took segments of the inmate population. They said, you're over age 55, you have hypertension, you have diabetes, we're going to let you loose. And among those numbers were convicted child rapists, there were murderers, and do not believe for a second that these are just low-level offenders who were released because Governor Cuomo cares about the inmate population. Provisions should have been made to treat them. Last I checked, there was a whole Brooklyn Field Hospital, there was a Javits Center, and there was a Mercy Ship that treated next to no COVID-positive people. So don't tell me there wouldn't have been a means by which to treat inmates if the need arose. They literally are using COVID-19 as a way to empty the prisons and reach their goal of having by year 2026, our prison population across this state reduced to 25% what it currently is. And that's frightening. That is frightening.
0: And it's the wrong people who are being released. It's the wrong
1: people that are being released. And with September being Opioid Addiction Awareness Month, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to mention that people with addiction issues, those addiction issues that fuel crime, Governor Cuomo is doing absolutely nothing to advocate for those individuals. If you're going to empty prisons, you better replace those facilities with mental health services and capacity to serve people who are facing and battling the life style of addiction, because if you don't plan to do that, you're creating anarchy in our streets. And it's going to it is going to be complete bloodshed. And beyond that, look at what's being done in New York City. I mean, 600 plainclothes police officers taken off the force. Criminals know this is like open season on our communities. Everybody's in a mask. Put on a mask, sunglasses, go hold up a store. What's the consequence going to be? None. Put on a mask, sunglasses, you know, go rape a teenage girl trying to walk home to her apartment. What's the consequence going to be? There's going to be zero consequence. And that's exactly what we're living right now, whether it's Schenectady, Troy, Bronx, especially communities of color yeah. are being targeted by the policies of Andrew Cuomo.
0: And not and not for good. And he'll he'll pretend. to oh. be. In there. No, you're you're uh, at, you're yeah. absolutely right. It's and sickening. if you want to think about, you know, OK, well, maybe we're talking about these big city things or anything <laughs> like this or some of these crimes. There was just a recent. The cops, when the, around here, sometimes they'll put out these bulletins. We yes. need your help in finding people. Yes. And there was a larceny at a grocery store that they couldn't identify who the people were because they were wearing masks.
1: Can you imagine? So, yes. Wow. So, Ooh, nobody saw that coming. No,
0: nobody. So, so I mean, these, this is not again. This is not like anecdotal worst case it's scenario stuff. You've seen this, and I know that you. You know, we are relatively. You know, in our corner of New York State, I mean we're relatively fortunate that the crime rate is not that high. You know, I mean At, you do For you the don't, moment, yes. For correct. the moment it's it's not. But I could tell you twenty five years in the business, I'm sure that you could tell me, seeing it even through your work in Gloversville here, that any Really, uber violent crime that I've I, I've ever seen that's addressed, or even as as extreme as a homicide, or just you know any type of thing, drugs or some alcoholism or some sort of other underlying mental health issue was always the cause of it. And if you looked at like when they commit the, the people get to that serious point, how many times they'd been in and out of jail for sort of the same things? It's like nobody stopped and thought maybe jail's not right for this guy. Maybe he's, Correct. you know, I mean, and so, Correct. but it's allowing, again, like you said, it's allowing criminals to go out and commit their crimes again without getting them help.
1: Correct. And, and let me just pause sure. there for a second. And let's pretend for a minute that the bail reform was, was put together with some very, very, very altruistic motivations in mind. And I do think somewhere along the way, someone saw the need for bail reform, and I would agree wholeheartedly, there is a huge need for bail reform. Uh, somebody who commits a horrific crime but is a trust fund kid and can access you know half a million bucks overnight versus somebody who has $20 to their name who commit the same crime, there shouldn't be an advantage there for the person who has the financial means to be able to get out and walk right. the street. So let's start with that. But beyond that, when we look at like what you just said where generally speaking, horribly violent crimes have some contributing factors. they're just about always present. There's generally an addiction issue, there's generally a mental health issue. Usually, there's a component there that contributes to the crime happening. So from a from the standpoint of wanting to better advocate for, People who are caught up in criminal behavior, Andrew Cuomo has completely, completely turned his back on any sort of really productive effort to better serve people who are caught up in the crimes that are fueled by addiction. If somebody comes you know, say somebody beats somebody up on a city street, steals their wallet because they just want to go get their next fix. Mm-hmm. With this bail reform, that person gets processed at the police station. That is, if they're caught, if, they are. if they're identified, you know, with mask and sunglasses Kudos. and everything else. Let's just say, for example, they are brought to their local law enforcement office. They're given that appearance ticket. They go back out. And they commit more egregious crimes or they end up overdosing because their addiction is to such an extent that it's just taking over their whole life. Wouldn't it be more compassionate in that moment when you have a chance to bring them into custody, to offer some truly therapeutic, you know, life building efforts into that person instead of just turning them loose so they can either get shot by you know a competing dealer or overdose or commit something even worse that's going to completely haunt them the rest of their lives there's nothing compassionate about this bail reform for victims or for the people committing the crimes who have a chance for rehabilitation it's completely cruel on on both sides of it it truly is that's
0: the one thing that we've we've actually like not Seen with this, I mean, I would expect bail reform to come with some sort of provision. Okay, it's going to be less people being in prison, so let's take this money and redirect it into. You would think
1: well-crafted reform would look you, like that, wouldn't it? You know, it?
0: like you're like, okay, we need because I could just tell you living around here and having to like, for instance, I mean, our, my family has had need of mental health services around you. Now the people who are doing the work here are doing wonderful work. The lack of resources though is really because you don't really have very many places to go and it's hard because there's not a lot of resources and a lot of demand for those services. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, I don't see that increasing. I see, you know, addiction centers, people who are dealing with this stuff. I mean, they're 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 struggling to rub two nickels together. So it's like now you're actually increasing the problem for them because drug addict who goes to jail for a little bit for robbing somebody comes out. Mm-hmm. And he goes home, and then like, okay, you can check with your probation or parole officer. But where's the hey? We need to get you like into a rehabilitation, like get you clean from drugs or something like that, you know. They're yeah, dealing with that,
1: it's so true. And let me pause there sure. and say that even prior to bail reform, prior to COVID nineteen. Our state has like 3,200 parolees who are completely missing in action. So at some point, you would think that Governor Cuomo would see that that's a problem. When I say parolees, we're not talking about people who committed necessarily just low-level crimes. They're out on parole. Someone is out on parole when they go to prison for a a seven-and-a-half-year sentence for raping their niece, and their sentence is reduced for good behavior because there aren't nieces to rape in prison. So after three years, they're let out. They're on parole. They're on parole. So you, I want to know, you know, Andrew Cuomo, provide us with the data of who exactly is missing in action in New York State that is in, within our parole system who we, we've completely lost track of. I mean, you want meaningful reform? Let's start there because what he is creating is complete, total anarchy. He's He's creating an existence that is like the world of the Neanderthal where women get clubbed, they get dragged around by the hair. And this is honestly, what's happening? This, the, talk to the woman, you know, who yesterday fought for her life, not once, but twice after, you know, the guy that tried to kill her the first time came back. You know, ask her what she thinks about this bail reform, really, because I don't hear voices like hers being represented at all,
0: at no, all. No, I don't, and I mean, it seems like everything is for the, like, I mean, and what they do, though, is they hide it behind the, behind an example, though, that will make sense to people. Like, one of the things that I had read about was, you know, the initial part of the purpose of this, like what you were talking about of equality with a rich kid. It's like, you know, a kid in the Bronx who's selling, you know, an ounce of weed on the street mm-hmm. corner to buy dinner. Right, He's gonna wind up getting thrown in jail, while uh, you know Chad from Nis- Niskiuna I'm looking, I'm not knocking the Trent. Wealthy, it's Trent okay. Trent. okay. Trent from Trent from Nisky, You know, whose dad's a lawyer. He's he, he's gonna be <laughs> that's able. So that's good, Trent. <laughs> uh, This is great. Yes, Trent's but Anyways, his dad's gonna be able to, to completely bail him out for this exact same crime. Right, that, and I that understand. sickens
1: me to my yes, exactly. That that injustice sickens me to my core. And that's not
0: justice either. It's for not that. even close. But, <laughs> so so it's like, okay, I understand that part of the bail yes. reform thing, but then yes. it's sort of like you look in, you know, further, and I'm looking at all of these charges that are, like, now – I mean, and, and we're really talking about – I mean, the reason why we're talking about, like, a lot of the real extra violent ones and something like that is because in a normal – situation most people would scratch their head and say why are you letting these people out of jail we don't need them in their mix and my concern we talked about it last week too is like you know the the child rapists the child molesters the the, the recidivism rate for that is just we, we talked about it a little bit last week what was the one thing with the average molester 300 victims i think that's what it was from yeah. a straight, and, and the average child molester has 300 victims we're letting these people back in public
1: and let me just say that for everyone that's brought to the authorities mm-hmm. there's scores more that are not so when we when we get the smoking gun of this is a bad bad individual who is very damaged and is probably going to continue to victimize children with every opportunity we don't let them back out our children are far too precious for that and i don't know why andrew cuomo can't wrap his head around that concept it's it's baffling to me
0: because i'm even looking toward i mean and, and and just like you i mean i've actually even looked toward like other groups like looking for like a reason. Is he pandering to a certain community by doing this? And and it really doesn't seem like he is because the type of people who are being left out on the streets, even the defund the police people and the Black Lives Matter protesters and everything like that, they would actually probably agree that these people should not be back on the streets. So I don't know who he's pandering to for this. It's just that I my, think that's I a really know,
1: great point, you know, and he has a really funny way of showing that Black Lives Matter with the way this legislation really does target communities of color it truly truly does i mean you've got women getting executed on their front porch in schenectady you know man walking down the street shot point blank range kids getting shot up left right and sideways downstate really it's 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 as you just said it's impossible to look at this from a logical perspective and and see that he is pandering to any specific group because it defies logic from all the different angles it really does it truly does
0: and and i and i guess what i'm also though I, I guess what I'm actually disappointed in, uh, overall though, is that where is the response from some of these other lobby groups? These you know these the ones that are always in the forefront of we need to protect women, we need to protect children, we need you know I know some are speaking out against a lot of this, but I see a lot of these leading voices, and I, why you know they're not. I, I would expect I, them to be in the forefront. You would of
1: expect you know. you'd hear at least a murmur. I mean, I don't yeah. even hear crochet needles clicking as they knit hats for the next March. I don't hear any of that. None. I don't hear a single woman's group standing up saying, Andrew Cuomo, what a disgrace you are to allow the victimization of women to run rampant in our communities. I don't see a single one. I no. don't see. And I, I you know I believe that you're out there. You know, hello, if you are, please reach out. But I don't, and you know what? Maybe their message is being suppressed like so many are. But I truly, you would expect there would be widespread outrage by every single group that has ever claimed to care about women's rights, victims' advocacy, the safety of our children. You would expect that. And we're seeing now just the skimming of the surface of this worldwide sex trade, the sex trafficking of children, yeah. you know, the dark web of of child pornography. And that's one thing that just completely destroys me is to read this bail reform and see that he chose to put on it the people that make child pornography, that purvey it, that download it, are going to get a free pass by way of an appearance ticket that they may or may not show up for. I mean, keep in mind, we're talking about an industry that puts a higher price tag on the sexual victimization of infants I mean, in the name of all things sacred, yeah. Andrew Cuomo, what are what are you doing to the women, children, families? What are you doing to New York State? Because there's no way anyone can justify the the free pass for someone that creates child pornography. No, the, none, zero, zero. So and anybody who
0: possesses it, there's absolutely no excuse for it either. Absolutely. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's like or or produces yeah anything it's just like this doesn't and that's why I'm you know you can't even figure out what this guy's end game is or what you know i mean who's you know and then the thing is is when you see something like this that's just so mind blowing that he would think that this was something like this would be okay that's where like some of my more like conspiracy type of stuff like starts creeping in like maybe he wants anarchy so he could take total control or
1: you I, truly I, have I, to wonder cuz we're really a whisper away from that with this this sort of bail reform this sort of letting violent felons out, it's gaining traction, it's growing teeth. That is, that's is—that's the natural progression of something like this. It, when you talk to law enforcement and they say it's going to take us almost a decade to get our force built up to the point that it needs to be to meet the needs of the community we serve, that's frightening. I mean, how many young people do you know who are Charging out of high school, signing up for the police academy. It's a terrifying proposition right now. Nobody wants to do it anymore. Nobody (laughs) wants to do it anymore. And what do you think that looks like for communities of color when, you know, I mean, Schenectady, they're cutting, last I knew, they're cutting, you know, drastically by way of the fire department experiencing significant cuts. These are the guys that show up to the the shootings they're there first you know there's a lot of municipalities that their fire department is basically the paramedics they they show up before anybody else does what do you think this looks like for our more vulnerable communities when this really runs full cycle it's horrifying it is horrifying. And talk about suppressing victims. I mean, people are not going to come forward. And this is what was laughable. Anytime there were metrics thrown at us as to how successful bail reform was done in other states. You know, my first, my first point was, show me another state like New York that has a, a city the size of New York City within it. Let's yeah, start there, for starters. That. Okay. Second of all, when you're saying there's reduced rates of crime, I think what you mean is fewer people are turning in criminals because they know, they know, they open their mouth, they're gonna take a bullet to the head. Yep. So don't tell me this is working elsewhere because you're not keeping track of the metrics that matter to people like me and people like you who actually care about New York State.
0: Well we do. And I you know I mean and and, and I'm like you I mean there there have been a lot of times especially this year that I've like why am I living here? <laughs> you know, and, and and here's the thing. Why we, am I here? We, we moved. Uh, my, my family and I had actually moved from New York State for a couple of years, and we lived in North Carolina. Know, you
1: guys are the unicorns that yeah. came back. Yeah, like, we came, we you're came like back. You're like mystical creatures. And, well, I've and been you, trying to figure that out this
2: whole
0: time. And now <laughs> I am, too. Uh, why I came <laughs> back. I, I'll t- well, you know what? And I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell Because us. I love the community I live in I love this area you know I mean and I lived and worked here I got married here my kids were all born here we raised them here and you know what I don't want anybody to get this you know I mean I love living where I live which is why I care about it you're heavily invested in the community here you love living where you live you just want it to be I I don't love where I what where I live how it's become that's what I really don't want and I can appreciate the fact that it's like okay you know what And and like I wanted to preface a lot of this experience Is that you're not just a random citizen That just, you know, decided to stand up I mean, I would love it if more people who are citizens did this, but you've got firsthand experience in seeing a lot of this stuff and the negative impact, a lot of this stuff. And I mean, we're not even getting into like what these COVID shutdowns have done and everything like that. I mean, that's probably impacted the ministry quite a bit. Oh yeah. Year.
1: That's a whole other episode. But, but, yeah, for it's, sure. it's, but, but a but lot at of the layers, same time, that.
0: but that there's where the failed perform and then they shut everything down. So there's fewer services. And I mean, my mm-hmm. biggest thing That I'm afraid of with all of this, and I'm sure it's yours, I'm sure it's yours, Jeff, is that what happens when the woman doesn't get that second chance? You know what I mean? Silence. This guy goes back and he actually does finish the job. What's gonna, I mean, and the thing is, is that I don't want it to take somebody losing their life. In order for people to really stand up and say, this is wrong, this needs to be prevented before that happens.
1: And that's what's troubling to me is I I don't want to believe that we live in a world in which people really and truly don't care about an issue until it comes knocking on their door, Mm -hmm. until they get the call, we need you to come to the morgue and identify a body. I mean, I I weighed what the cost would potentially be by stepping out a little more publicly with this, and I know this is very preliminary, but... (laughs) I'm at a point in my life where even if I were to move out of this state, which I I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I was born here. I would just assume die here, to be honest with you. I love this state. I I cannot get away from my conscience, and I cannot get away from the fact that there are really millions of people being victimized by these horrible, horrible laws. And some of these are just the most basic framework of any decent civilization. I mean, explain to me why on the bail reform, Andrew Cuomo lists— assisting in female genital mutilation as a crime that gets a ticket. Explain that to me. Okay, I can't get away from the image in my mind of girls being victimized in that horrifically despicable manner. I don't care if I you know, go live on an island somewhere, it's still going to be burning in my conscience yeah. that this is going on. I can't get away from this. I can't get away from my love for this state, much like you explained you can't. Mm-hmm. And I can't get away from my loyalty to this state and the people of it, because this is absolutely horrific. Yeah, that's If anybody, of, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, that's one of those things that we consider a human rights violation in other countries. You
1: would think that's that is would one think. of those things. Yeah. So, why, right. is that a, so why? why is that
2: just an appearance ticket? It,
1: w- it's, actually, it's a downright despicable that that exactly. I I can't even come up with words. But help, me, I, help me.
0: Help <laughs> me. And I mean, I'm going to say that where you actually find a lot of this commonly saying. I mean, it because it is part of a. It is part of like in a lot of these Islamic countries where yes, this takes it's place a because it's, it's a culture. But but here's the thing, <laughs> it isn't even widespread throughout the entire Islamic world. It's actually in a few places that are. A lot more brutal than some of the other places, and let's face it, we would look at a society like where these places happen and almost consider it to be savagery and barbaric. Of course, and I think what actually concerns me too is that not only that this law is uh, this qualifies for bail reform. Why did he feel the need to add that? Does that mean that that's going on in New York state because I that's what I look at is like he's looking at that charge. He's putting it on the list. I'm like he, what's the reason for doing that? So I
2: know, I don't remember is it happening I don't remember seeing any cases of that. No, ever in in New York and I I I wasn't really focusing on it, but I don't remember seeing anything like that. Is he just making is he using it as just a number? To show how many laws he's changing, and show that's how great of a governor he is. I the, see. That's
0: the thing I think we're talking. That that's sort of baffling. Is I don't know. I mean, and he's not giving any answers to that. Because
2: if you're going to change laws, if you're, you're going to change crimes that don't happen, right? And say, look now now this isn't now this isn't illegal anymore, but nobody was doing that anyway. That's not even really well, right? From and their I think
1: standpoint. I think that the bail reform was really crafted. I'm not. It was crafted by a number of people. I mean, I know there's some groups that I would like to think they're very well intended. Many of them sprouted out of Brooklyn, the five boroughs of New York. Why these crimes were handpicked to be put on it, that's an excellent question. That's a really excellent question because some of them are so off the rails, horrible, that it's like, wow, you you really had to put some effort into coming up with what are some of the most disgusting Brooches of, of you know what are some of the most disgusting offenses that we can put on this list and give people a free pass on and when I say free pass other, some would argue it's not a free pass they're getting an appearance ticket they have to appear in court well what do you think happens what do you think happens when the person that got the appearance ticket just fades into the periphery or crosses state lines we had it happen initially when this first went into effect the guy was found out in California yeah. that had a ticket to appear here in New York let me, let me just ask what do you think happens when that person doesn't appear for the first appearance and let's let's take a moment to acknowledge the fact that most court dates are pushed back several months right they now are. because of covid so they miss their first appearance they miss their second usually after your second missed court appearance that's usually when law enforcement engages and they okay we got to issue a warrant this person's obviously not showing up okay so now we have law enforcement who's already Completely eroded. They've yeah. got to go hunt these people down and try to bring them to court. Now, if you're a violent felon and you know the cops are coming to get you to drag you to court, what what do you think that? How do you think that door knock is going to go down for law enforcement? Really, how do you think that's going to go down?
0: If you're that violent, you're waiting on the other side of the door. If you're even there,
1: if you're even there, and, and if and, you're and, even there, correct. And
0: minute. I can tell you from my experience of observation in the media every time I saw an arrest report for somebody arrested on some sort of warrant from the court, yeah, most of them were for because they didn't appear the first time. Yes, So it, it it's not and I mean, people are not showing up for the most minor of things. If somebody's let free for the most major of things, they're certainly not going to show
1: up for absolutely. That. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, there is nothing about this that makes sense from any perspective.
0: It doesn't. And I mean, even when we pick apart some of these crimes just to figure out, you know, like we talked about the female general immunization. I mean, people would sit there and maybe Say well, they won't want to offend the Islamic community, but I'm like, that's not even a practice that's widely accepted.
2: Yeah, most in of the, them would be like, oh, we don't, we don't do that anymore. They, they that's don't been do a, that.
0: Yeah. You see it in like some of the more I don't want to, you know, they're backward
2: places. It's it's, some it's, of the it's more it's advanced, prim- primitive. Like, you could say primitive. Primitive. Yeah, more fundamental. Yeah, fundamentally,
0: yeah. they're pr- they're more primitive, and it's and, and the thing is, is that that kind of violence and that kind of stuff that we're starting to see on our streets, we're only used to seeing on TV in places like that's I mean, true. you you go through. I mean, I'm every time we turn on the news, even like. We're, and we're not just talking about New York City here. I mean, it was, what, like two days ago, a three-year-old kid in Albany just got hit in the crossfire. Yeah. Right. Of something. A three-year-old. What did that kid ever do to anybody? Nothing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And let, let me back this up to when this initially went into effect, there were some really horrific, and I mean horrific crimes that happened at the hands of people who were let loose because of the bail reform. Mm-hmm. Most people are not aware, and I, I would qualify this as a domestic terror attack that occurred in Harlem in late March of this year, there was a man who was released because of bail reform. Now, this guy had a history of violence. He had a history of arson. He and another man were the mastermind behind what was a plan to blow up the Harlem subway system. Did you see that in the news? Yeah. No, I don't. Because I didn't see it in the news. I had to dig for it. It's there. Okay, so if you look up Garrett Goble, okay, this young man went to work on the Harlem subway that morning as a conductor and he died that day and he died because this individual who was released because of Andrew Cuomo's horrible policy was able to blow up that subway I urge you to go online just just look up look at the pictures of what happened that morning the two men that planned this and executed it intended for every person on that subway to burn alive in there that morning there you go go to the city it's right there uh, so Garrett Gobel Garrett Gobel kissed his wife goodbye that morning and his two sons and never came home that night And you didn't hear a murmur of that. You didn't hear, you didn't hear Andrew Cuomo say his name. Not once. The guy would have been 37. He, everyone who knew him said he was a phenomenal human being. He was an incredible conductor. He died because he was sure every last passenger got off that subway and he did not make it out. (laughs) And that is a direct result. The individual who committed that crime had been released just days prior to that. Go back and look up Sandra Wilson. She was a woman who served as a guard, security in a library. This woman died at the hands of a frequent flyer who'd been released because of our horribly broken system. And she was brutally stabbed multiple times by a young man who she simply asked, could you please turn your music down? It's disturbing our other library patrons. I remember this one. Yes. Okay, so this woman didn't make it home from work that day. This mother, grandmother, her beautiful life was snuffed out. And this guy who mentally ill, evil, whatever you want to call him, had no business being out in the general public at all. This guy had been arrested before because when he was in the hospital, he preyed upon another hospital patient, attempted to rape her, told her he didn't care if he killed her on the spot, he was going to get what he came for. Explain to me why Blanchard Gladden—that was his name, okay—and he he got out and he killed this beautiful 53-year-old Sandra Wilson. And N- here goes and never to be Multiple
0: communities in that town—Hispanic, Jewish, Haitian—are all. Yeah,
1: this woman. This woman served these communities well every day. And it's just disgusting to me that their names haven't even passed through, you know, the lips of Andrew Cuomo, who, if nothing else, in recent months, we've learned Andrew Cuomo can pull off a halfway decent press conference when he wants to. If nothing else, we've learned that we can expect an email from Andrew Cuomo on in our inbox every morning. But how come when huge changes like this are happening, he does nothing to communicate with the people? He does nothing to ask, you know, what do you think, Charlie? You know, you're a father and a grandfather. What do you think about, you know, an act that I, I'm thinking about signing that will take people who victimize children and grandchildren and put them back out. What are your thoughts? You know, law enforcement. You've got law enforcement who said ad nauseum, Cuomo, this is what's going to happen. You're going to tie our hands. And we're going to be completely unable to bring these people into custody. This is exactly what's going to happen. It's exactly what has happened. And, yeah, and what his, does he um, do? He insults law enforcement even further. Yeah, by- th-
2: this is just – this is his um... – This is a standard practice for him. When the SAFE Act was passed, he was being advised by numerous people who would have fallen fallen on the conservative side of things saying, hey, these laws are kind of unenforceable. You're just going to be making criminals out of just average people. And completely, I, I worked in the office that oversaw some of that. He just completely ignored all of that. He ignores responsibility with so many other things, too, thinking his own quarantine guidelines and things like that. He's always ignoring these responsibilities. Well, I'm just
1: grateful forward. if I order at least a sandwich, I can't contract COVID. I ah, mean, I take right. comfort in knowing that.
2: Yes, I'm really yes. glad that COVID knew not to infect the protesters in Troy where Charlie went. I'm glad Charlie's not sick.
1: Yes. Yeah, um, it's a very intuitive virus. But, but, and I, I'm just so thankful it that definitely we're staying infect safe. infect
2: concert goers.
1: Well, it would definitely infect churchgoers. Churchgoers and wedding parties and guests oh, yeah. of groups of 50 or uh, more. And that, but, that's but, the concern. But
2: not 50-something-year-old guys who fly from New York to Georgia to kiss other dudes on the cheek and then fly home. Well, yeah, there's, he, there's another picture of him yesterday. And he was walking around the
1: downtown. The Yeah, well, anyone? Yeah,
0: and actually, it was I think it was just yesterday, a picture surfaced. He's walking his dog and stopping to talking to people. He's downtown in cars, Albany. Downtown Albany. Yeah. And he's not wearing a mask. And he's not
2: necessarily six feet away from people. There's, so some, is, there's somebody six feet away from him wearing a mask, though. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, it's just, you know, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about Mr. Do, no, the I say, logic left do. the it's,
1: process a long time ago. It,
0: it, it really does. And you know what I'm going to, and I really do want to talk about some of the actual stuff that people can go to get involved, to help get involved. Cause I do want to talk about, yes. you know, a lot of that stuff that we're getting into, but like, I mean, we have been, you know, really on this guy, you know, there's not all of us in our own, Private professional all three of us who are sitting in here, actually were directly impacted by the decisions that this guy made during this whole COVID thing. It's not you know, it's not a pity party we're looking for. It's just, right. it's just the reality of what happened. So, we saw like some of those things, and we're seeing the decisions that he's making on the bail reform. And it's just what really disappoints me the most is where are our state lawmakers? They've got no problem pa- releasing press releases when it's already too late to do things about it, just so that they can earn a few bonus points with their constituents. But where are you? I don't care if you're a Republican, there's got to be some Democrats out there. That that have got to be saying looking at this i mean i i think the democrats are afraid of him <laughs> in the state well sure i think the republicans have just decided well we're not they they've really just kind of thrown up their hands and said we can't do anything about this guy but where are you where are you we put you guys in office to stop child sex predators from praying out our communities again domestic abusers doing this again so i mean i i i i what's your thoughts on it cuz i mean i've given my plenty of thoughts on our lawmakers here i mean do, how much l- l- responsibility do you think that the legislature actually bears in you know, a lot of these stuff that he's doing.
1: I think an enormous amount yeah. of responsibility. I think that the second that you allow this to happen, you're complicit. So, as far as I'm concerned, we need to clean house in Albany from top to bottom. I'm tired of, of our lives being impacted by people who do not have our best interest in mind. You know, Andrew Cuomo was born into political privilege, he's known nothing but it. And I don't think that he has a clue what the life of us commoners looks like. And I i am appalled, to be honest with you. I know there's been a couple that have stood up and and given some pushback to him with regard to this, Mm -hmm. the bail reform, and with regard to the nursing homicides in which he, in my opinion, intentionally infected Mm. high-capacity nursing homes with COVID-19. That's another day. But there are some that have pushed back, but some of them, I think, are just coasting. They get paid no matter what. They know that he can make their life a living hell if they push back, and they just coast. I mean, you got Carl Heastie, for crying out loud. There was a drug dealing ring operating out of his office. Did we hear about that on the major Mm, news outlets no and carl heasty wanted to pass a, a bill that if anybody couldn't make it to albany to vote their vote was an automatic yes so this is what we're dealing with we're dealing with just pervasively dysfunctional government and i i love this state i believe the people of this state have so much Power within them. So many of them are staying because they love the state, but we're losing them by the day. We're yeah. losing scores of families by the day that are just like, I can't take it anymore because they don't see an end in sight. And I don't blame them for feeling that way. But I would say, you know, please, you know, in the, in the words of the great, you know, <laughs> William Wallace of Braveheart, <laughs> unite the clans.
0: Unite the clans, yeah.
1: And I do think that there <laughs> are a lot of Please don't run.
0: Who, it really, and I think you know, and actually, the thing that I found was really laughable is that, like, he goes. Up and he's like, you know, he he says his economic policies, he directly says he's going to be targeting the wealthy people. The wealthy people said, okay, we're not going to be living here. (laughs) And then he offers, he begs them to come back and he's going to cook them dinner. Well, No, they're not coming back because you make it impossible for them to live here. And it is a big impact on the state when they leave. Yeah,
1: Can you imagine having the number of billionaires per capita that New York City does and managing to screw that up? Yeah. I I I mean, (laughs) honestly, really. And you know what? I'm not a person. I don't look at billionaires and think, oh, you're evil. Every, Every societal ill is your fault because you have too much money. I don't take that approach. I think that a lot of... Wealthy, uber-wealthy people in our state are just as fed up with these policies, and if they could see a social program that they thought was really working, they might be willing to actually fund it themselves. I mean, honestly, have we ever taken that approach and said, hey, this is something that's working really well. We're going to expand it. Would you want to take part of it? We can put your name on it. We don't care. Take the pressure off the taxpayers. Let the ultra-wealthy. Take some ownership of taking our state back. Has anybody thought that? No, no. But Andrew Cuomo, when he realizes he's he's losing the people that are keeping New York City financially solvent, that then then oh guys, don't you're leaving so soon. Yeah, we're leaving so soon. Have yeah. you looked at Midtown Manhattan? Have you looked at it? Have you looked at the crime surging? Have you looked at the people, you know, relieving their bowels on the sidewalk? Yeah. Are you seeing what we're seeing, Andrew Cuomo? Because I don't think he is.
0: I don't really think he is either. Because and, and the thing is, is that I think that the damage is and this is where, you know, what a lot of upstaters don't think is that it's actually the, the qual the condition of New York City is actually important to upstaters because a lot of the revenue that comes into the well, state if, comes into New York. If we yes. if we didn't have I look, I completely understand the frustration frustrations upstaters have toward New York City, but I also get that you lose that and upstate New York is really going to be in trouble because a lot of that revenue that comes in. But that's why I think we're talking about like, you know, we want the whole state to be well and we want the whole state to be, you know, sound and we want the whole state to be safe in ways that we're in ways that we're supposed to be protected, not wearing a mask when we're going on to zoom meetings, but like (laughs) keeping a child rapist from going back out on the street here.
1: That would be a good starting point. Seriously. I I, I mean, maybe it's that's radical of me to think that I I just can't. just, just and, and,
0: and, and we want to talk, you know, talking about like what the wealthy can do, you know, and I'm going to it's 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 hyper local to our area. But there is a wonderful retired doctor in Amsterdam yes, who is who has got Dr. Rao. Is his you name. know
1: He's—is he retired? I don't know. I don't even know if he's retired. <laughs> I think the yet. guy's still working. I don't to be even honest know who this person yet. is. Well, oh, he's got his he's name amazing. on
0: everything it's and the thing is is like if an agency needs an extra wing he's actually like helping the spca build their brand new facility uh i think a lot the new urgent care center that we have is there's a lot of things in the community that has his name on it so this whole notion that ultra wealthy people and i mean he's probably i don't know how wealthy he is i mean for, for our area, he is. But I mean, but you know, the idea that the ultra wealthy want to just hoard all their money and they don't want to do with anything is absolutely false. And
1: I, I just, agree. I, I agree. Just
0: look in our little corner of the world and see how many buildings and signs have got this guy's name on it. He and you know what? Some people, you know, like, Oh, this guy's gonna own it. Well, so what? He's actually given up the money to keep museums afloat and to keep our healthcare system working. Yeah, and, there's no shame and, in so that. Good no for you. shame in that. Good for him. And you know, and, and and that's why I'm like, you know, like you're saying, I mean, if you make it more friendly to pe- for people like that to live here, the wealthy people will be charitable with their money. They, I, are.
1: I think there is potential for that to be that concept to be transformational, really, because I don't know how much more you can expect from the average taxpayer in New York State. I don't know how much more you can expect from families that are paying the equivalent of two mortgages every month because one's the tax payment and one's the actual mortgage. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more you can squeeze out of people that are, are – barely making it as it is and are now trying to navigate this reality of arranging childcare on days that they're working. I mean, it's really I wish that somebody who really is a commoner so to speak could mm-hmm. find their way into government because there's a perspective to be had there that I think people just lose along the way. I don't think Cuomo ever had it to start with. I don't think he did. Either. But I think that if someone does have that perspective, I think somewhere along the way they they lose it and they do get disillusioned and it's it's frightening to think that somebody would just lay down and play dead if they had the opportunity to push back against just this bail reform alone. I mean, and if this reveals the heart of our governor in any way, shape, or form. Imagine what else he's doing behind the scenes that we we haven't even caught a glimmer of as of yet. It's terrifying to think that someone who could sign something like this is in charge of issues that will impact you, me, and and my our children for generations to come, potentially. That's terrifying.
0: That absolutely is, is, is terrifying. And, and you know, and the thing is, is that it just it when you talk about his heart, that if he's willing to make our streets like this, what else is he actually, how far is he willing to go? Because uh, this guy's actually shown, he he doesn't have any va- you know, he likes to act like every single COVID death is a tragedy, and I want to say to the family that was affected by that, that is, he you know we care about human lives and he's Course. going, you know, I mean even, you know, remember he actually stopped his daily briefings and then he decided to resume him, nobody called him out on that, by the way, but you know, now he's going on and on about, you know, because it's politicking right now, but like, for a guy that claims that he wants to, that one covid death is one too many why is he actually then setting people free that why, uh,
1: why wasn't one Garrett Gobel death one too many yeah Really? Uh, that, that's what I, I... wasn't one Sandra Wilson, one too many.
0: You know, I I, I don't Please think... Please explain it to me. I, that's... And I really, really, really don't understand it. And it really is baffling to me. So, I mean, and that's, you know, I, as part of my overall frustration here on the show that we've actually had toward Andrew Cuomo is that nothing he has done and said has made sense. And the thing is, is that nobody's pushing back against it. Except you're starting to.
1: Um, and humble, I, humble I, efforts, well, yes.
0: Well, we're... Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes it just takes the one. I mean,
2: we're... we're these rogue organizations. These are, <laughs> yeah. Rogue
1: yeah. So <laughs> right. um
2: so, right. and, Renegades.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we mentioned um your the website cancelcuomo.com. Why don't you tell us tell we did post a link on our Facebook page for anybody interested ahead of time so you can see what we're talking about. And it'll Why? be in the
2: show notes as well. Yeah.
0: Yes, and it will be in the show notes. So go ahead and just, you know, talk a little bit about launching the website, what it's intended to do, how people can get involved, that kind of thing. We're gonna give some plugs here for this Sure.
1: Stuff. The intention of the website was just to create one one medium by which people who are watching things and seeing them for what they are can get involved, get united. I my biggest my biggest heartache in all of this is knowing there's people that think this is just as horrific as you and I do and they feel powerless mm-hmm. whether they're they're you know clear across the state in Buffalo or whether they're downstate whether they're up on the Canadian border there are people everywhere who are seeing this and they're horrified and they feel powerless they truly feel powerless they've allowed fear and doubt to co- totally cloud their ability to step forward and in all fairness we don't know how to Step forward. We don't know how to push back when our government has become so traitorous and has really completely abandoned us. I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel completely sold out by Governor Andrew Cuomo as a woman, as a mother, as someone who loves my community. You have sold us out, Governor Cuomo. You have sold us out. So my intention is to grow the community of cancelcuomo.com because my heart's desire is to see the horrible policies and the way that they're affecting lives every day canceled. I want to see the impact of it canceled. I want to see... A meaningful bail reform put together, something that takes us towards social justice, not adds to the dysfunction and injustice that we're seeing play out every day. So this was a very humble—trust I, I, me mm-hmm. when I say I don't know what I'm doing from a, a standpoint of website design, I—, I Trust me, I have no idea. All I know is I can't sit by and not do something any longer. I can't look at my kids and know the kind of treachery they are in with this sort of lawlessness. And the thing is, for me, it's not even just a New York State issue. Mm-hmm. I think about what, what about the criminals? Because we, we see this in the communities that we serve, the very marginalized, low-income communities, we see this very alarming trend in which pedophiles treat New York like their summer home. They work their way up here from the South because they know they can prey on kids. They can prey on women that want a boyfriend. They can have access unrestrained to children. I've Mm -hmm. seen it happen time and time again. It's disgusting. It's a reality wintertime rolls around, head south. Summertime, living is easy, head down south. And there's this cycle that happens. What if we could catch a perp here? What if we could catch him and end his ability to harm another child again? What if we could do that? How many times have we missed out on that opportunity? And now there's kids down south or any, anywhere else. I don't care where else. Being harmed by this person. We have to come to a point where we realize every child in 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 this world is every bit as precious as my child, your child. We need to start taking ownership of the fact that as humans, we need to look out for each other. We belong to each other. And this completely allows for crime against children to run rampant. And I'm sickened by it. I'm just sickened by it. So that was, you asked the question, that was the elongated answer. Cancel Cuomo came into being mostly because of that. People need to know that they're not alone. People need to know that if we pool our resources, and by resources I mean connections with people, getting the word out, we might actually have a chance here. Now there's a chance that we could be looking at Andrew Cuomo, Secretary of State. And that's horrifying because if he takes his stance on child sex trafficking and abuse against children, abuse against women to that level. Are you kidding me?
0: You know, and it's funny because I was actually <laughs> that you mentioned that because I was almost joking a little bit earlier. I think it was with my wife and other some other people about, you know, maybe it would be better if Biden actually wins because Cuomo then will be out of New York State. Mm. But we were actually, you know, and I never thought about Our next Secretary of State is going to have to deal with this child sex trafficking issue. This is
1: the side he's taken? And he's clearly picked a side here. Clearly. You cannot ride the fence on this. No,
0: you can't. So, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be such a good thing if we lost him from New York to that job because he really could just exacerbate the problem he's now, already part of the political. He's already part of the problem.
2: Elite. he's he's been part of the political elite which is connected to this massive sex trafficking ring anyway and they all run in the same circles exactly. I mean it's just like you I mean how many times you
0: know even we saw through the whole COVID thing you know Trump and Cuomo would sit there and go at it like this but then when they have their face-to-face meeting they all come out of it like their best friends and buddies and well everything. that's what it looks
2: like in Congress too yeah they're they have dinner together all the time yeah like, like people in congress it, 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 that look like they hate each other but those are air quotes for those yeah. of you listening yeah <laughs> yes. but it, but it's you
0: know and, and you're absolutely right so we've got this at this effort now like what are some of the things that you, i know you've got like an email list on this website and other things and i noticed that you have also some things that you can you know people can list issues now is that for to communicate with uh it's for you to communicate back with them about what's going on, or is it like to maybe raise awareness and maybe get some more state lawmakers?
1: I would say it's all um, of the above, to okay. be honest with you. This is a starting point where I think if we can plug people into the appropriate channels to let the message be heard, start calling out our leaders who have completely failed us. If mm-hmm. you don't stand against this, you're standing with it. If you don't stand with us, you stand against us. It's clear. Mm-hmm. there. There's no There's no gray area here. So I want this to be a starting point for everything you mentioned a mm-hmm. means by which I can communicate to people, you know, concerns that are on my heart. I will never pretend to understand everything about all the issues. What I do understand is what we've talked about today, and it's Mm -hmm. right in front of each of every one of us, and we can't get away from it. We can't get away from the fact that these laws are in place. I would love opportunity to be able to better network with law enforcement. You know, these are the guys that show up when when there is a child rape situation. the, The stuff that these people see in law enforcement, and then they go home to their families, and they try to shut their brain off they try to sleep with with the visions of what they've seen in their heads and then they have a governor who says oh yeah great job catching that child rapist great job catching you know the guy that held the woman against her will for yeah. 3 days but you gotta let them loose. They'll come back for their court day. Don't don't sweat it. It's fine. They'll come back. But if they don't, we'll just send you out. We'll give you a bulletproof vest. We'll hope you don't get hit by a headshot. And you can just bring them back so they can appear in court. And that's exactly what Governor Cuomo's saying to law enforcement. And that's exactly, exactly what's been what he's it's exactly what's been happening. And and
0: look at on our show here, and I mean I've we've we've not we've made it clear, you know, our standpoint that there are things in our law enforcement. Judicial system, that justice system that really needs to be fixed. Of course. You know, there are things that have been that that have actually allowed for bad police officers and bad policing to run rampant and unchecked. But the thing is, is that the answer is to not make it even harder for the good. You know, here's the thing. I'm not I'm not a defund get rid of the police department kind of guy. I want the system to change. I think it is built inherently unfair, and there, that you, ha- it, it's built. It makes it very hard to root out the corruption. But this is just actually making it worse because now you're taking the good cops who actually now have to try to pick up the slack for the bad cops already for their job. Who, by the way, these departments are now being. Targeted by their mayors, who are slashing, you know, making. I mean, they're taking away the resources to make it safer, and now you're actually, you know, increasing the amount of criminals to law enforcement. I, you know, we're not in favor of anarchy and no law enforcement. I understand the jobs the cops have to do. I can't
2: Im- speak for yourself, Charlie.
0: <laughs> He's just, no. Yeah, we're going for that. But it's just, you know, but I mean, it's it's one of those things that I, and I want to make clear is that I don't want the good cops to be handicapped at all. We need some. We need the people to keep, to. Keep keep us safe in our communities from the real dangers. These are real dangers.
1: Yeah, they are right in your face dangers. And there's nothing about this that points us in a direction of being able to make the improvements in law enforcement that are necessary. Nothing. This is this bail reform is completely counterintuitive to any good goal that anyone has had in mind with regard to law enforcement. It's it's junk. It's absolute junk. And,
0: and here, here's a newsflash for anybody who doesn't already know this. When people, particularly like say employers, potential employers, businesses and things like that, when they look at a community, these are some of the things that they look at because they're going to make, want to make sure that their investment is you know going to be worth the payoff here. And if I'm a company and I see a community that is, you know, continually deteriorating, but it's, you know, becoming beset by crime and drug addiction, I'm like, eh, I don't know. First of all, I don't know what the pool of labor that I'm going to get from there anyway. You know, and second, so, I mean, it, it all has this ripple effect because if you don't have any businesses in town, then you don't have any money being spent in town. Now you have no tax base and everything just becomes an absolute ghost town. And who all that's left are the people who can't afford to make it on their own and they Need the help, and there's nobody there to help
1: them. It's cruel, it's absolutely the cruelest thing ever to think that this, the natural trajectory of this, is going to bring us to exactly what you just described. It's absolutely cruel, it's terrible,
0: you know. And we've already got issues here that are already tough enough to overcome. I mean, of course, we, you know, and 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 the thing reason why I say that looking at Gloversville, you actually get a really good snapshot of what a lot of upstate New York has come into. Because here's the thing. There's a lot of issues with a city like Cloversville or Little Falls, Utica, Amsterdam, you know, just take your pick, name them, you know. And I mean, they all have these, you know, similar issues. But you also have a core group of people in the community who really care about it and they want to help it. But it's almost like they keep rolling that rock up the hill and and it just keeps rolling back down on them. And I think what you see is... some of the efforts to improve the community, they wind up becoming less over time because people are like, it's just making it too hard to keep rolling that rock up the hill when they keep adding weight to it. And I mean, and that's, I think that's what happens. You see a lot of, and that's why you see a community, you know, that at one time I'm sure that Gloversville was a really awesome place to be. And there are some neighborhoods in it that are still fantastic. It's not, you know, I'm not bagging on the town, but there is an overall feeling of despair when in in the environment, when you walk through there and, you know, people aren't living, people are existing. And I, I, you know, when I worked at the newspaper there, their offices are right in the four corners in the middle of town. I'd be there on a Friday night and I would see it all night long. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, you look at it and you're just like, that's no way for a community to be. And uh, this guy is just absolutely – you know, Cuomo, this governor, he's just, he's he's taking bad situations and he's making them worse because, mm. A, I don't think he knows what the real situation is like in the ground in every place outside of Queens and Manhattan. And I don't even think he cares. I, re- I really don't. He knows that he'll get reelected as long as New York City and Buffalo go with him. And that's – you know, I mean, Republicans can win. I'm not entirely sure that re-election for him in 2022 is going to be a guarantee. We'll see what the condition of the state is by then. But, you know, this is a good time to actually start it. because
2: well, he might also be our Secretary of State, state by, by then. then. We're just, this isn't a horror podcast. I'm sorry, no,
0: but yeah, but I mean, it's like you look at November and you're just like, oh my word, what's going to come out of this? thing it's well, not really, if he an...
1: would take his policies yeah. to a place where it affects the global community, that's terrifying. It that's really, absolutely terrifying.
0: It really is. I mean, you think Benghazi was a major drop of the ball by a Secretary of State? I'm not going to call it corruption or anything like that, but I actually really showed how incompetent that she was and ill-equipped. I, I really don't think that this guy is even equipped, and if he's going to be coming in on the side of pedophiles and child sex traffickers coming into this very serious issue that's like nobody wants to pay attention to, you know, I, I got some real
2: problems with that. I mean, frankly, I think he'd get eaten alive on the world yeah. stage. and do we really want a Secretary of State with nipple rings? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, the
1: nipple rings fun. was the one thing about him that I actually liked.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, there you <laughs> go.
1: It's the one thing. Like, there's a bit like, of, like, wow, that's a little edgy. Little bit Good of punk, for him.
2: A little bit of punk in there. Yeah, the just establishment. Yeah. That's the only.
1: Thing sorry, little, that's c- it, that's all I got. Yes. to
2: the character, <laughs> yes. exactly. What do
1: we like about
0: Andrew Cuomo? His nipple <laughs> rings there. So, um, <laughs> yeah. the other thing is, is what I wanted to mention you've also got yourself, uh, you know, a podcast, another website called Downstate Abbey, correct? Uh, so so just- good,
2: by the way, great great title. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So,
0: so just talk to, talk to us a little bit about that, where people can find it, and um, you know, I'd like to get some listenership in there. And
1: Certainly. Yeah. If you go to Facebook, I am there as Downstate right. Abbey. There are links to the podcast, and in complete disclosure, I am a complete amateur. So, I do have a podcast. I'm currently learning how to launch it into the sites that are accessible to people okay. so that they can find it, can listen on a regular basis. Uh, but I am trying to do about one episode a day, mm-hmm. and on my last episode it ran about 45 minutes total but i did go through what took several minutes to read the 200 crimes that are on this bail reform (laughs) so if we do um well let let me finish this thought and then i'll jump ahead absolutely um, so people can find me there. You can become part of the community there. You will see that the F- Downstate Abbey Facebook page is kind of a meeting ground for some other for some other pages that really address and really showcase the impact of the bail reform on the downstate communities. There's a number of groups, one being Repeal, repeal Bail Reform, mm-hmm. and you'll see that I often um, promote things that they've posted because they, they have the eyes on the ground in the communities that otherwise really don't have a voice. And I think that if any one of us were to, somehow be able to drop into these downstate communities and ask them their thoughts you know what about current events and policies that have taken shape i think these are people who are in my opinion, have completely had it with the governorship of Andrew Cuomo. You know, they're seeing bloodshed in their streets, they're trapped. You can't get out. If you're if you're in one of those downstate communities, really, where do you begin to get out? Where do you no. begin to sell a home to make back what you owe on the mortgage, even break even, make a move? Like these people are trapped and no one is advocating for them no. on on the scale that they need to be advocating to bring about a meaningful change. So, you'll see that there's a collaboration of, of sorts On the Downstate Abbey Facebook page to try to plug people into other sites that are are relevant as well to this situation.
0: And I think one of the things that's really going to help too with um, you know, you know, with the efforts that you're doing. I mean, we're starting with the podcast, you're seeing a lot of these other groups here, is that one of the things that we hope will happen is that it empowers people because it's like you can get involved, you can raise awareness for this. I I I like you think that people are not more outraged by these kind of things because they're actually not aware of it because you know, what? honestly, you know, when bail reform was being sold, I remember, well, okay, this is really not going to be that big of a deal because I don't want to see, you know, a 16-year-old kid locked up for something in Brooklyn that a kid in, you know, Nisky you know, like we talked about Trent. Of course. you know, You of know, it's going to have to get bailed out for. Those kind of equality reforms, I'm completely in favor of. Absolutely. And, and would, Absolutely. But then it's like when you look at the fine print and – most people don't look at the fine print. <laughs> and,
1: and like we said, this yeah. reform does nothing to address what you, what you just mentioned, yeah. the injustices that do happen. It does nothing to address that.
0: It, it really doesn't. So anyways, so the website again is, uh, cancel uh, we'll put a lot of the stuff in, our, in the show notes so that you'll be able to get the access to it. Um, I would encourage everybody to log on there. Uh, you know, just get, get involved, educate yourself on this bail reform thing. Um, You know, because it's it's really serious and, you know, with everything, and I think you'll see this progression if you really look at Cuomo's tenure as governor, he's just been seizing more and more and more power and really the more and more power that he seizes, the worse and worse the condition of the state oh, People gets. are
1: deteriorating. It, it, the quality of life is deteriorating it, by the minute. It, in it, the state. it really
0: is. And we love New York and we don't want to see that. Where other people might be like, you know, I've heard that, well, just get out of New York. And I'm like, I don't want to leave. I mean, I want to stay here. I like it here. I mean, it's not you know, I like that I could drive you know, a half hour south and be in civilization. I like I could drive a half hour north and be nowhere. I mean, I love that. You can't a lot of states you can't get that you know and we do here so we just want to really really encourage you know a lot of you guys to check this stuff out get yourself educated on this stuff um you know, get involved, you know, give Abby's podcast a listen, you know, check out the website and her Facebook page at Downstate Abby. We'll, you know, check out a lot. Of, I'm part of the repeal bail reform in New York, too. And I see, the, you know, I'm part of a lot of these like, you know, anti Cuomo groups on social media and stuff like that. And that one is a is way more legit than some of the other. one. I mean, most of the other stuff is just the regular complaints. But like that stuff, I see, you know, actual you know, examples of how bad this is getting. So, and, and if you guys all saw that out there, how real bad it was getting, I think a lot of you would be shocked too. So anyways, um, Abby, thank you so much for thank you. coming on. This has been an absolute blast. Um, probably somewhere down the road. We'll just check in with you and we'll see how the efforts are going. We'll continue to help, you know, cross promote a lot of this stuff here. Um, you know, I, I got into this podcast, you know, and Jeff and I got into this because it's also like my way of, okay, I'm not in the news business anymore, but I could still sort of be involved in informing people of stuff. That's just how I am. So anyways, Abby, thank you so much for sitting in with us. And for Jeff Pitcher, I am Charlie Crable. Everybody have a good one. Later.